Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletop from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Bethesda, Maryland is David Bali. David is CEO of MISO3, and today we're going to be talking about licensing requirements in healthcare. First of all, David, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Well, thanks for having me on, Adam. I appreciate it. Oh, it's our pleasure. Now, when we talk about licensing of workers in healthcare, what is the scope of the licenses we're talking about? Yeah, sure. When, when I started thinking about healthcare, and I started thinking of licenses or certifications, you know, you start thinking about operational efficiencies. And really, that leads you to what I would almost look at the frontline workers. That could include your doctors, your surgeons, uh, nurse practitioners, uh, your PA. And, and when, you take, when you start looking at that group, because those are the, really the, the folks who are doing the work operationally, um, you have everything from board certifications uh, to confirmation of inoculations, whether that be of the COVID test or negative TB tests. Um, you also have continuing education requirements. You have DEA certificates. So if you're you know, prescribing drugs, it's required. What you find here is that it is really far reaching and it varies by either specialty as well as a region. Um, what really makes healthcare very unique here is um, the inability to, to keep these current or manage these on time actually has a direct impact of lives. So as you start getting into the operational piece by not having these people available when they're needed, uh, the, the outcome could be, could be very negative. Yeah, definitely, especially these days when there's such a shortage of trained people. So, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of these tend to lapse. Why do they typically lapse given how important they are to people? Well, in general, they're complicated. I mean, it, not individually. It's, but collectively, they're complicated. Think about it. Think of any any certification or license. You know, it's a renewable event, and that can and you know, there's a beginning and an end. But they renew at different times. Um, they are, you know, some are some some need to be retained quarterly, some annually, some every other year. Um, and and now you start tying in many numerous tens and you have tens of these licenses, and you add many of these physicians in, in a facility. Well, you get thousands of events that actually need to be maintained. Now, also remember, a lot of this data is stored in third-party applications, which is also maintained at different at different times. And then you all, and then in coupling that is some of these requirements are maintained individually by the doctor or the nurse practitioner, and some are maintained by the hospital, the hospital group. Um, so, you know, again, it, what really comes here is that, like, unlike a, a lot of us who have, you know licenses like even a driver's license we miss it yeah we, we have to waste some time at the dmv but here there's always such regulatory and liability concerns by this the impact could be quite huge yeah enormous and i i can see the complexity of it and i will be checking my driver's license renewal date as soon as we're done with this i have to admit now it's also it's not just people i think that you explained to me you know what about in terms of hard goods like medical equipment what are the what are some of the risks there in terms of maintaining licenses well in, in licenses and i'll say certifications as well i mean first of all if you think about this group they are built to react right emergencies are often unexpected so everything needs to work as expected and when you get into hard goods equipment you know, equipment needs to be maintained um, and if it doesn't get maintained, things could fail. It needs to work as expected. Now, this could be, you know, and, and this is, and equipment is part of the everyday lives of these healthcare workers. You know, from an EKG to a power, to a, you know, powered air purifying machine, you, you really kind of have to get into making sure when I need this, this needs to work as expected. 
Now, also, even in the world of things have become so commonplace, and in surgeries, you get into you know robotic assisted surgeries where you have the Da Vinci, or you have you know for minimal invasive surgeries, or you run into you know a video assisted intubation. I mean, so there's so many pieces of technology that are required that they need to maintain and run. So keeping this equipment is again is paramount to their success. Absolutely. Now, if a provider falls behind, what can they expect? Well, you know, first it's, it's it, you know it's poor patient care. Now, when I say poor patient care, I don't mean poor customer service. If you're you know, hospitals, for example, an ER spends a lot of time thinking about how to staff. You know, how many people do I need at certain times of day, certain times of year? If I have to staff now with half the group because certain people couldn't be on the floor due to missing one of the certificate licenses or it had expired, well, now I'm having to maintain the same amount of volume of, of patients with less people. Well, what does that mean? That means that there's going to be delays. Some delays could be critical because people don't have the time. It could mean redirecting those people to other locations. It all, from, a, from a more of a, a surgeon perspective, well, if you have a surgeon that can't work on, can't do surgeries, well, those are fees. You know, hospitals depend on those fees to, to, to run other parts of the hospital. So if you start running the things where you can't do the surgery, you can't pay the fees, that money must come from something else. So the impact could be very widespread within any of these organizations. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. So finally, what licenses do you need to track for a, a typical facility? Well, you know, facilities, you know, in general have a lot of licenses. Health, healthcare, and, you know, I'll, I'll focus again on a lot of hospitals, have, have a whole different set of rules because we think about, you know, you have equipment that needs to run. And so one of the things you have to make sure of is it, is it, is it able to run? And, you know, if, if you have a, a, an issue that power is lost, um, do you have a, a UPS system that can sustain or use to the water pumps? Um, is it, do you have the certific certifications for air handling systems inside of a hospital that are, that are, that are critical? Um, do you have you know, license on access permissions of the particular users can they can get on certain floors or access to certain certain locations? Um, so a lot of these when you think about all the different things that must go on in a given day in a facility maintaining that is is is, is pretty uh, could be pretty burdensome. And then you start getting even to locations of is my data being not data but is my my facility being secured from a firewall component or my firewalls up to date are the license updated? If there is a problem. Do I have the ability of reaching out to the right group, and is that support active at that moment? So when you start looking at facilities, I mean that, that that even adds up more of these locations, more of these certificates and licenses that need to be maintained uh, correctly. Well, I know I said finally, but that did lead to a question. Given all this complexity of licenses, you know, what does it take to get a handle on these things? You know, given that it seems to be so spread out. No, and then that, that's a great question. Um, I will say that the first thing I, I, I always stress is don't try to boil the ocean. I mean, there's the, we're talking about hundreds, if not thousands of different things you're trying to manage. Some are managed through, again, as we talked about, third-party portals, or government portals, or agent, agent facilities that you have to extract in certain ways. Others are maybe located in type of IT environments that you're trying to maintain or if they are maintained. So what you really want to try to focus on is how do I start understanding which licenses I want to focus on and prioritize, and how do I start maintaining those? And you may start by specialty, right? If, you, if we talk about the workers, we can start talking about how do we maintain, you know, our, 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 our nurse practitioners and making sure that we have that, and what I would refer to as a single source of truth that can be maintained. 
but you know the key is the more that you can automate and some of these tools have some ability to automate some do not but the more that you can automate will actually save the amount of human resources required to do a lot of this manual entry well, David, I want to thank you for sharing your insights into what's obviously a very complex issue. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.